Hey there, spider people. I'm Brian. I'm John. And, and this, this is, is the, the way. way. Wow. I'm impressed. I think oh, it yeah. worked that time. I think it worked that time. Wow. All right. So we are here yet again. Episode 12, I think, John. 12. Can you believe it? Uh, No. <laughs> I can't. It seems like we just finished 11 a couple minutes ago. <laughs> I was going to say, it seems like we just debuted. <laughs> so today we're here to talk about breeder loans, which is kind of the reason that I whole reason I wanted to start this podcast is so I could yell about breeder loans. No, so I could tell people about breeder loans and how they're supposed to go and how they usually go and, <laughs> and all the crap that goes along with them. So right? basically, he wanted to bitch about breeder loans. <laughs> kind of. You know what really grinds my gears? Oh, God. No, I think breeder loans are a great idea that just kind of don't work for the masses. It's For certain people, it's cool, but for the masses, it just doesn't seem to work out well. No. And so what would be the your main problem with... Uh... Well, first, I think uh, we need to explain what the hell's a breeder loan. Okay. We'll start at the beginning. The beginning. In the beginning. Oh. <laughs> um, so a breeder loan is when somebody has a male tarantula. It doesn't necessarily have to be a breeder that has the male tarantula, a mature male tarantula, but they'd have no use for it sexually. It's just a pet for them. So they have they no use for it. <laughs> for lack of a better phrase. <laughs> uh, they have no use for it for mating for because they don't have a female or anything. So they, they want Why it. do I feel like oh, you're so going to edit this out? <laughs> I don't know. I might. I don't know, I might not. No, I think you should leave it. <laughs> I might rather than I might. No, I think it's pretty funny. Anyways, a breeder loan is when a, a person has a mature male tarantula and they loan it to somebody for breeding purposes. For sexual purposes. <laughs> 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 and uh, and in return, you get a percentage of the egg sack. The traditional breeder loan is a 50-50 loan. You get 50 you get 50% of any babies that are hatched out from your male's breeding. I don't know. Did I, I, it sounded like it was more confusing than it has to be. But <laughs> no, I pretty much covers it now. Okay, yeah. So, yeah, you're there's, just loaning there's... somebody a tarantula, and in return, if it goes well, you get half of the egg sack. There's one other part um, that sometimes, uh, you know, has some different different terms to it is what happens with the ma said male at this point if right. it survives. Well, right, and then and then there's also the shipping, the shipping yeah. costs. Or so yeah. the person that has that is loaning the male tarantula generally pays the shipping, and then if there are babies had from the breeding, then the breeder will pay for the shipping to ship to you. Yep, sounds good. As the breeder does all the work. And you're just loaning a spider. So, you know, the breeder's already got enough cost and time into it. So it just it helps them defer some costs, basically. Yeah. 
that sounds about right. And and it it and when it's done well and it's successful, it's very uh, it's a very good thing. You know, it helps. It helps. Keep, and it feels it good if you've got a male, and you know, you know, you, your male is you know fulfilled his destiny, and and you know, hopefully, he comes back alive. There's no guarantees, uh, and there's no guarantees on any of this stuff. It's just a loan and uh, you know a hope and pray. <laughs> but it it also, like I was saying, is that it uh it helps you know keep a lot of different species in the hobby. You know, yes. with uh, you spread the mail around and. You know, hopefully, you reestablish and uh, you know more offspring. Right for longer-lived males, a lot of people will send their male basically on a breeding tour, and it'll hit different people in different areas, and and uh, you know, give give every chance you can to get some more babies into the hobby. Right. So it's a good thing. It's a good thing. Very good thing. I think it's a really good thing, especially with the more rare and expensive ones, because obviously the males are going to be a lot harder to find. Hmm. And, you know, costs are, can be high trying to purchase one. And <laughs> with mature males, there's no guarantee on how uh, how viable they are and how strong they are because some of them mature really weak and don't last long. I mean, there's so many different things. So, yeah, that's why I want to make sure we go through this kind of coherently. <laughs> so, yeah. So, so, yeah, we covered the – yeah, the so the – the loaner pays the shipping to the breeder. Now, here's some problems as a breeder that you come across. Now, uh, one, one, one of them, uh, one big one is the loaner is very attached to the tarantula, the male tarantula. They raised it from a little tiny sling and they, you know, they raised it up and they want it to come back alive. And uh, so they can be kind of like a, a worried parent calling you all the time, trying, <laughs> asking you how's it going, uh, uh, and that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Which is they, which is understandable. I mean, it, to... it's under it's definitely understandable, especially if, yeah. if you've never bred a tarantula before. It's it's really understandable. But anything, you know, uh, I shouldn't say anything. But like a lot of things, there's there's no guarantees and there's no like with tarantulas there's no like time limit there's no it can take a while to get them to pair <laughs> uh, there's so many different things that can happen you're waiting for the male to make a sperm web they they mate uh one time you want to do it again you got to wait for a sperm web uh there, there's just a lot of different things that can happen that cause delays and people think okay you got the tarantula you'll have it for one or two days you put it with your female and then you can send it off or send it back to me and uh yeah so basically the first so your first your first uh, issue is that people have is attachment issues with their male, basically is what I'm getting with that. And and I, I mean and I, I don't have issue with it. The only issue I have is that if you're gonna send me the male and I'm gonna put the time in to breed it, I need to I need the time to breed it. You know you I can't get say, that. Okay, now okay you got three days now you got to send it to somewhere else because i mean i put that in my gear in my in my you know i have to write something up for most people to send me a mail these days and uh, i tell them you know i want the mail until i say i'm done with them i can't have any time limits because i need you know it, sometimes they won't go together and you wait for the season to change and then they'll go together yeah so, but okay so if i play devil's advocate 
I mean, for some people, and at least you would let them know that up front so they can decide whether they want to send their mail to you or not. Because yeah, yeah. some people would say, well, if, you know, if it's, if it's your females are ready, then, you know, why not send it off to another one that may, may, may be ready, you know, and then if, and then if it survives that, then come back to you again, you know, and I, and I'm, and, and I don't know how, obviously how reasonable that is and how, you know, whether, it, whether uh, you know, whether it's going to survive all that, but I could, un I could see why some people would, would want that, you know? So. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I can see it. I can understand it, but you know, like tarantulas is not like a lot of breeding, a lot of other things. It's not, mm -hmm. uh, it's not, you do it at this time, at this time of year and this time of day at this temperature, and you're going to get this and this and this, and it's, and it's going to happen in this many days. So tarantulas aren't like that. Uh, I've had a lot of times where I can't get males and females to go together for three or four weeks and then i put them together on the fifth week boom they go right at it i don't know why i don't know what happened i don't know what changed this day one of them smells better than the other and they go at it i don't know but so you so got this... people yelling at you hey i want my tarantula back i want my tarantula back and i've got two weeks of of time with this tarantula trying to breed it and trying to breed it i don't want to send it back i, I know i can breed it i just need the time to do it so that segues me kind of perfectly into the Honestly, the only major complaint that I have with it is just expectations, unreasonable expectations. I, I just think that yeah, well, that's the biggest thing. Yeah, I mean, really, that, that should, I think thing. that people should temper their expectations. Um, just and maybe they don't, you know, because I'm not sure, you know, with everyone how familiar they are with breeding and all of this stuff, and you know, um, the tarantulas, at least for me. Now, I'm not going to say that. Because a lot of people say, you know, boast about their record or whatever, and then maybe they maybe they do have a record like that. I don't know. But for me, tarantula breeding is from what I've seen and from people I know throughout the decades that I've been doing this, is it's not like, you know, fertile myrtle that you dated in high school and you were in the back of, you know, your mom's Honda Accord and you look at her and she's pregnant. That right. just that doesn't happen with tarantulas in my experience. It's like you know it it's hit or miss, and most of the time miss. You know, and well, I I feel I feel that people, a lot of people before they get into uh, spiders have bred um, reptiles, mm -hmm. and with reptiles, there's more certainty to mm -hmm. what you're doing because mm -hmm. you have timelines and if you do it during this time and you wait this many days you'll get eggs and then if you hatch those eggs at this many days at this temperature you'll get this and if you hatch mm -hmm. these eggs at this many days at this temperature you'll get this so, so there's a lot more certainty to it with tarantulas there's no certainty it's a wing and a prayer <laughs> i mean there there's a little bit of certainty but not not like not like that i mean right. there are some people who take a more scientific uh, approach to breeding and they've built things to hold their tarantulas open uh, female tramp tarantulas open so basically the male can just rape them <laughs> okay don't, held tell, down and don't tell PETA about that one for sure right um, and there, yeah, there's there's people who have built things like that or they'll hold the, the female open uh, legs up, up and open for the male and the male will run up and do what he's got to do uh, that doesn't seem like much fun to me. I prefer the old, uh, the old fashioned way. I had a buddy. I had a buddy that's still doing time for something just like that. <laughs> that's not good. <laughs> I hope it wasn't a tarantula. <laughs>
But yeah, so like there's like I said, it really is a wing and a prayer. There's there's you know you, you can hope, but you never know if the male could be sterile for whatever reason, and he's he's doing his job, but it's not working. He's shooting blanks, or there's just so many variables. There's so many things that just can go wrong, and the male could get eaten before he even gets near the female, and then people get really mad. They think, oh, you're stupid. You don't know what you're doing. You should have been there ready, and I was there ready the whole time, and then bam, you know, you know just. Things happen, and and you the people that send the mails have to be ready for that to happen. They have to be aware of that. So I try to make people aware of every little thing that can happen before they send me their mail. And that brings me to another thing: is trust. And yeah. if you don't trust the person that you are considering sending your mail to, don't send the mail to them. Right. There are Just a don't. lot of. There's a lot of online people, online uh, breeder dealers that have been on there for years and years and years that are trusted. They have many reviews mm -hmm. and, you know, so, and you can find these people on Facebook and Instagram and on their, <clears throat> their websites. So it's not hard to find a reputable breeder. Now, maybe they won't need your mail at that time. So it, it, if you're attached to the mail and you want to keep the mail throughout his life, you know, and you're not worried about him breeding, don't, you don't need to send him off. Yeah, and um, I'm and I'm saying that even for me, if it's me and it's a it's a species that I I want to breed really really badly, and I have like fifteen females here that's just waiting for a male, and you don't trust me, don't send me the mail because the everything breaks down from there. If you if yeah, you don't the relationship's trust the person, not going to be good. Yeah, the yeah, relationship's you, not going to be good. Something happens, and then there's yeah, if there's mistrust and. Then there's accusations and, and exactly. yeah, it just doesn't work. Yeah. Right. If you don't trust me, don't send me your mail because I don't want to be accused of, of things. I had people send me a mail, uh, uh, monocentropus balfori, a communal mm. spider. Mm. Yes, they are communal. Yes, the males mm. live with the females while they have egg sacs with little babies and they don't eat them. But do female balfouris eat? Male Balfouri sometimes? Yes, because they're a tarantula. <laughs> and tarantulas need to eat male sometimes. They need to eat the male sometimes to get an egg sac because they've bred, but they're not in a... <clears throat> they got low body weight. They don't have the nutrients inside them they need to maybe make the eggs or or to complete the egg sac at when you know when they make the sac that takes a lot out of them and whatnot. So they need to eat male sometimes. So if you're... Even even if you feed a freshly molted female a lot, they still may feel the need to eat the male. Even if it's the most communal spider in the whole entire world, it may eat the male. There's never any guarantees. So if you're going to loan your male, you have to be ready for that, right? I I um I don't know I don't know if they need to eat the male, but they do sometimes. <laughs> I will say that I'll agree with that. They eat them some. They eat them a lot, but I don't I don't know that they necessarily need to eat the male. I think they I was do. trying as you were saying that I was actually quiet because I was trying to think about all the uh, successful breedings that I've had and how many of them actually ate the male, and I don't actually think it was that big a number. Not to say that I haven't had a lot of males lost, but well, unfortunately for me, a lot of those, it was before 
that the hookup even happened that she ate him you know she got him before he even did anything in most of the cases that that happened for me um most of the time that i can think off the top of my head right now i don't think they actually i mean it has happened sometimes for sure <laughs> but um well, there's a lot think... of times when when they're when they're coming when they're coming apart from the breed Mm. The female wants to hang on. She she holds on, and, and the male tries to break away. Sometimes he can break away, and sometimes he can't. But I, I notice a lot of breedings, and I, <clears throat> I've had a lot of males eaten and not eaten. I've had a lot of every different thing you can think of. So mm -hmm. I could tell you, I don't think that one was more than the other. Maybe. I've had a lot of males eaten, man. <laughs> <laughs> and a lot of those were eaten before they ever got, yeah. ever and that's, got that's, the breed. That's heartbreaking. Um, I do, I do. You, you got to watch them and you got to be ready to separate them at the end oh. of the breeding because that's when they want to hang on. And that's when I feel like they feel like they feel like they need to eat the male. Sometimes, but you know, also, but think about this. And I know you've seen this. And when I, when I tell you that you, you, I know you've seen this countless times that a lot of times right after, right after the hookup, the female is like almost in a trance and the male has a chance to get away. A lot of times that happens. Yes. Now, yes. When they, get a good insertion, when they get yeah. a good insertion they're there. Yeah. Sometimes. Yeah. A lot. Of, actually, a lot of times they are, but, but like, but like I said, I still have seen them, the females hold on and be aggressive and you know, the fangs start to come out again. Oh, I've absolutely you know? seen that. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, there is a lot of times where the male is just like, cool. We're done. You, you just stand it. I'm out of here. <laughs> You're right. And the females just standing there, and, and then she starts still, to like do like yeah. a cleaning thing, or or like a little dance or something, like mm. like she's in a trance. Yeah, for sure. So there's just you know you got to be ready for anything when it comes right. to tarantula breeding because not you're not going to have two go go the same. Uh, I bought a Laziadora from you one time, mm -hmm. and I believe it was Kluge, mm -hmm. and you said. You, you had a pair. I bought a pair from you. Mm -hmm. And you said you didn't want them anymore because she ate five males. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I go, but you got a pair and you're a breeder. What the hell's wrong with you? You go, no, she ate five males. I'm not giving her another male. I bought, I know. And, and I don't know why this happened. I do not, I'm not saying anything about anything. I'm just saying this happened and I don't know why, but I took it home. And it was a couple weeks before I got to it. And then I put the male in. I fed them both really good. Had them for a week or two before I put them together. And then I put the male in with the female. The male walked up to the female. She lifted up. He did his thing. Ran away. And it was over. And a week later, she made an egg sack. Well, like those types of things. It was the weirdest thing ever. Ever. It was the easiest breeding I ever had. I guess you fed her enough males and she was finally full. Well, yeah, she was full. <laughs> she <laughs> was filled to the top. You, because... You've solved that mystery already. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I guess she was full, man. She didn't need to eat nothing else to make an egg sack. In fact, I think she was, she was fat, so I think she might have you know, already had eggs in her or whatnot. And she, mm. I don't know. But you said you just couldn't feed her another male. You weren't doing it no more. She's just gonna kill the damn thing. I, I think I don't think they bred. I think she she killed them before they get the breed breed or whatever. Yeah, I don't know. She ate <clears throat> males. I remember that spider. 
Yeah, yeah and she man. made an egg sack a week after breeding, which is like the fastest one I ever had. So it's like a real memorable breeding because I'm like, John said she eats males. She loved this male. She gave him a kiss on the way out. I couldn't believe it. <laughs> well, she did love males. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she loved eating them. Yeah, so I mean, and then and then I bred uh, Pochilotheria rufolata. Mm. Had them together for a long time, like. And I, I put the male in there, leave them in there for a week, and then take them out for a week. And I put the male in there, and they'd be tapping and going at it at night. You'd hear them going every night. And then I take them out for a week, and I'd put them back in there. And then I take them out for like two weeks, and then another time I took them out for a month, and I put them back for a week. And she never made an egg sac. And then the male actually finally died, and then that was like four months after we started breeding. And then. Uh, I wrote her off. She was going to molt. You're going to molt. I just know it. You're going to molt. Nine months later, <clears throat> she made an egg sac. Nine months after being bred, after the male died, she she uh, she made an egg sac. So when I had the, uh, I kept, I kept uh, Regalis together, Pokey Regalis together, and they bred, and <laughs> she is she molted in there with him and then they you know that I just left them they they cohabitated for I don't know how long and one she finally this was one of the ones that she finally ate him but she she ate him and then she had an egg sac like right away and then she made another egg sac again oh wow it was yeah she had two but so that was one of the ones that I was thinking when you were talking about um I have had them that ate the male, but, and, and, you know, actually made an egg sac. But a lot of times it's like, you know, I'll get the ones that they don't even let the male breed. <laughs> they just, well, I've, I, I have, I found in, and I used to tell people this, I kind of like when the female eats the male because I got a way higher percentage of getting an egg sac if she does eat the male. I, I did find that to be true. If the male gets eaten, I'm almost guaranteed, like 90% guaranteed that I'm going to get an egg sac. And I think a lot of people, if you when you tell them that, and I'm sure they probably appreciate your honesty, but I'm sure a lot of people, if you tell them that, they'll be like, well, yeah, they would find that a little disconcerting. They would be like, this dude just is going to, he's just going to put it in there and turn his back and leave. And then, well, you know. I, I usually and, try to say, I, I'm not saying that I, I want her to eat the mail. I'm just saying. If she right. does get eaten, you've got a higher percent chance but, of getting half the babies. But could getting you babies, see, you know. But couldn't you see how Joe sure. Tarantula Keeper could take that that way? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so. I mean, I could see that for sure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But it's almost really the male's destiny to be eaten. <laughs> And so he doubled down. <laughs> I don't even mean. I don't even really mean by by female tarantulas. I mean, in the wild, they're they're weaker and and uh, seem a little dumber. They're they're out in the open a little more, so they get eaten a little more often by other by predators. That uh, that sounded very sexist of you. I know I'm such a tarantula sexist. You racist. are. <laughs> I well, I didn't bring race into it. <laughs> no, <wait. laughs> and so yeah, so yeah, I, we've gone over a lot of bad things that can happen. Uh, there's a lot of good things that can happen. You have a really rare male, you loan it to somebody, and you've got half of an egg sack of really rare spiders that you can sell or keep the breed, or you know, 
and keep the hobby going. So, and it does happen. It does happen. What do you think oh, the percentage yeah. is? What do you think the percentage is of successful no breeder loans? I have no idea. I think it's low. Um, I've only ever had one person <laughs> give me babies uh, from one of my males. So. I've had a couple people. I've had them people yeah, from me. other states. I was one of them. You. Yeah, you were one. Yep, you were one. And I've had a couple. I mean, I've had a couple people in Michigan that I've done breeder loans with that. Um, I have got success, but I've had I've sent males out, and I had a couple of times, not too many, like two or three times, I've had babies come back to me. Yeah, I usually don't. I usually now I've sent a lot of babies back to people, but. <laughs> I've not I've not been that fortunate that I've had a lot of, like I said I can as far as I can remember only one person. Yeah, I've sent some uh I've sent quite a few babies out to people too. I've even had uh a rare spiders uh I think it was Megaphobema velvetosoma. I only got four babies, but I sent them two. <laughs> and what I will say is all those times that I sent out those mails and did not give babies, not once did I ever accuse or pester or harass or anybody about, you know, what's going on. And, oh, I see you have these now. Where'd you get them from? Are they from mine? I've never done any of that. Yeah, see, I hate that because, you know, I sell tarantulas too. So I buy spiders from other breeders <laughs> and trade spiders with other breeders. So I have a selection of spiders to sell, not just what I've bred in the last couple of months. Right. So it so. is possible that I am breeding Versicolors, but I've also bought some babies to sell because it's going to be a while before the babies that I hopefully get uh, come to an age where they can be sold, you know, that you've got to hatch the eggs at. And that's another thing. That's another thing we should talk about is the timing. It can, it can take quite a bit of time. I mentioned it took nine months for one spider to make an egg sack. Uh, and um, before that, I, one week, and then you've got to hatch the egg sack too, which takes a couple of months, a couple, two, three months, depending on the spiders, uh, like uh, Zanesta Samanus and Pamphyl, or just Zanesta and Pamphylbedia species can take, you know, four, five, six months to hatch out the second instar. So, so it takes yeah, some time, too. You do yeah, have to be patient we've, with that kind of stuff. We've talked about the gestation period thing, how it's how it can be. Yeah, so in, the, in the breeding, in the breeding yeah. episode we did. But, yeah, they, I mean, that's part of it, though. That's part of the breeding. That's that's another end of it that, that the, the, the loner has to be aware of. That it can take, you know, it can take you six months to get to get anything back from that. Do you have anything else? No you you have anything else you need to get off your chest about this? I don't think so. I'll think of something after when I'm when I'm editing this. All right. <laughs> well, like, hey, why did I say that? Then that oh. brings us to this to our uh, our species uh, profile and our unhelpful guide. Our unhelpful and guide. I'm really, yeah. really, really excited about this one because this is a first. This is a first, a first for us. For us. In 12 episodes, it's our first. <laughs> <laughs> and you were here. You can say you were here. You were here. You you, you heard it first. Heard it first. We okay, I'll let, are... I'll let you unveil it. We are not profiling. We are not, I repeat, profiling a tarantula today. Nope, we sure aren't. We are doing, what are those things called? <laughs> Desert hairy scorpion. Scorpion, wow. 
<laughs> a scorpion. I know it's the Tarantula Way podcast, not the Arachnid Way, but we feel that other Arachnids should be represented here as well. Maybe this is the Scorpion Way now. Oh, well, we, there we go. There's, <laughs> there's our next podcast. And then we got the Centipede Way and the Millipede Way and the Mantis Way and the Beetle Way. <laughs> now, the and Beetle Way would have to be a Beetle Juice or something, you know. The Freeway. The Freeway. Highway. <laughs> Driving on the Freeway. Oh, no. Okay. Oh, uh, God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. That's I a Detroit you said... song, isn't it? <laughs> That's horrible. Oh, yeah. Well, I didn't say it was good. Yeah. <sighs> so, yeah. The Desert Hairy Scorpion. Do you want to tackle the scientific name? Uh, <laughs> it's, it's Haduras Arizonensis. I guess that's close. Yeah. <laughs> it looks like Hadrus. I always say, I always feel like I'm saying the first part wrong, but I've never heard anybody really say Hadrus. 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 Have we done a show about the Latin? Arizonensis. Do one about the Latin name. Arizonensis. Arizonensis. Yeah. I already said yeah. That. Got that one. <laughs> I got that part right. Yeah. And from what I've from what I've been able to gather, it's the largest. Scorpion in North America. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And yeah, they get almost six inches. No way. That's what it says here. Getting nearly <laughs> six inches. Wow, I've never oh, seen one that. Seen a size of nearly six inches. <laughs> I hear a lot of jokes. <laughs> 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 we'll save that for our other podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, and they're not really even. <laughs> I've never really seen a desert hair. <laughs> I've I've seen maybe four. no. I mean that's probably uh, if you stretch the tail out and laid it out. Uh, I think they're more. Uh, where did I see that? I thought I had the. Uh, yeah, diagonal leg span of four to six inches. That's what it says at the top there. The Be four, I believe. Yeah, four, four to five. I don't think six. They do sometimes. They get kind of big though, but yeah. And they're called they desert push. hairies, but I don't know how hairy they are really. <laughs> yeah, when I was new to the hobby, I, I thought they'd be a little hairier. <laughs> <laughs> Like, is this it? What's wrong with mine? He's bald. Yeah, yeah <laughs> I, I got, got the chips. desert bald tarantula. What's I got going on here? Tarantula, you really got messed up. <laughs> yeah. Oh, sorry, Miss Scorpio. Whoops. Okay. Oops. <laughs> it's in the title. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot. We're doing scorpions on this. Scor see? <laughs> yep. Uh, yeah, so uh, they come from... Uh, Southwest United States, uh, Arizona, Nevada, Utah, California, uh, even found in northern Mexico. Cool. And, uh, yeah, I really, I really do like this species. I have been, have been stung by one before, and it's not pleasant. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I, 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 actually, and I know people have a hard time believing me, but seriously, it's my favorite scorpion. That's just, <laughs> I, I'm the one who wanted to do this one. 
It's always right. Like it. This is true. This is true. It was between this and the Emperor Scorpion, and we got, we got John wanted to do this one, which is cool because I love Desert Harrys. I think they're cool. They're a really active scorpion. I had they're two. a burrower, but they do come out of the burrow. I mean, they don't they don't seem to stay down there all the time. I had two in my living room for like about eight years. <laughs> they're really really cool. Eight years, yeah, that's a long time. I think the longest I had one. Alive was uh, like two and a half years. But I've never I mean, kept them. I, I never kept scorpions that much. Pretty sure that was uh, it was about that. I mean, give or take. The only scorpion I had uh, longer than that was I had a uh, Asian forest scorpion for about uh, four and a half years. <clears throat> uh, nice big female that lasted that, la that lived a long time. Yeah, and she had uh, already had all her molt, so she never molted in my care. And as the name would imply, well, the scientific name they're found, and you already you already went through all that, but and and yeah, the, they can be found in Arizona. So, <laughs> right, yep, that's generally where people go to find them. Yeah, and uh, they they like uh, they're very arid. They do live in the desert, hence the name Desert Harry. And they uh, they're they're kind of sensitive to uh, moisture, so they can get. Uh, fungal uh, infections pretty easily if there's if there's too much moisture in there so you got to keep them nice and dry uh but they do like to burrow so uh that can be kind of challenging setting up a cage that they can burrow in and keeping the humidity down yeah i kind of had mine where and i don't know if, if people would even agree with how i did it but they were just kind of in sand and soil <laughs> it was a sand soil mixture and... i mean that's what that's what you need because they can't really burrow in in sand all they can do is maybe dig out like some kind of log or something you put in there, and they can dig like under that. But they can't really make like a burrow. They do like to make a burrow, so having some some sort of clayish, dirtish kind of stuff that they can dig in and and hold is good for them. Yeah, and uh, but that's difficult because you got to make sure the humidity's down. <laughs> girlfriend at the time <laughs> would look in and not see them. <laughs> it's like I think they got out. Are they out? And it's like no, <laughs> they've just you'll never know. They're buried. <laughs> so yeah, they were cool. On your head right now. But yeah, got stung by one of the reptile show. Think I told that story already on on the podcast as well. Not pleasant. Not pleasant. Don't get stung. <laughs> yeah, I've heard. I've heard. The only thing I what I got stung by something. I can't think of what it was. I think it was one of those. Oh. oh. North Carolina uh, score bark scorpions, I think, is what got me. But care wise, um, they're pretty easy. Uh, they like like you said, keep them. Don't don't let them get too wet. They do need some water periodically. Mine used to take and dip their claws in the water, and then they would like uh, drink the water off the claws. Yeah, so, yeah, they do that. Um, they uh, if 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 you're gonna keep a water dish in there. You either gonna have to keep a real shallow one and fill it up every fifteen hours, <laughs> or uh, have a good size cage so you can have a a, a deeper water dish in mm -hmm. the corner somewhere, and they'll they'll probably they'll they'll kind of stay away from it, but at least they know where they where where they can go drink and 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 put garbage, of course. <laughs> yeah, and uh, I've seen I've actually seen people keep them uh, communally. Um, 
but I've also seen that go terribly wrong. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't suggest keeping them communal. I would, I would not, but I've seen it done. Unless you're personally. real good at sexing them, because uh, males will fight for sure. I've personally seen it done, but yeah, I would not. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't recommend it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't recommend keeping them uh, communally. Some you can. There's a lot of scorpions you can keep communally, but yeah. there's others. There's a lot of better species to do that with. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Get some, get some nice bark scorpions or uh, uh, what are those ones? Titus, Titus scorpions. They're usually. Mm-hmm. Well, they're a bark scorpion too, though. But yeah, generally bark scorpions are communal and they're better to keep that way. You can, if you want to put desert hairies together, then breed them. Try to breed them. I've never, I've never, I didn't have babies, and so that that whole time, I I, I never had one of those uh, molts, so I can't speak to that. I have had scorpions molt, obviously, but not one of my desert hairies. Um, yeah, generally when you get the desert hairies, they they they've already had their ultimate molt. Um, so yeah, never molted in in all that all those years, it never molted. <laughs> No, because they only go, they only molt to a certain point, and then they don't molt anymore. Once they become a, mature, they don't molt anymore. So most times they come in, they're already mature because people look for the big ones all the time. Weird. Me, if I was hunting them, I'd be looking for the little ones so they I have more longevity. <laughs> and so, also, um, how would you how would you rate 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 them as far as on the scale as far as to keep? Um, I w- I guess I would say. For, so I don't know if we're going to use a different scale because it's scorpion. So on a, a, a on a as well, far as I would say I would say that we have to take the, the 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 like foundling and Padawan off of the scorpion scale because unless you're keeping an emperor, you should have a little bit of experience to keep a scorpion because they're they're not like other animals. I mean, and unless you never, I, I mean, unless you're never gonna interact with it whatsoever <laughs> i guess i don't know i would think you definitely can't be a foundling to have even an emperor scorpion in my opinion hitting recording now yeah so i don't think you should keep a scorpion uh if you're only a padawan for sure even an emperor because emperor have uh they they have kind of picky uh conditions if you want to keep them for a long time keep them alive mm. for a long time and desert harries have uh, a little bit. You got to make sure they can't get too wet or whatever. But you know, scorpions are, are riley. They <laughs> they'll get you if you give them a chance. So yeah, I've been yeah. Scorpions have stingers, <laughs> right? And they and they they just don't they don't just go like down over their head or whatever. They can twist it side to side, and if you try to pick them up or get near them the wrong way, they they'll get you. Even when you think they can't get you, they'll get you. Now I've been. So, Stung by an emperor, and I guess we should save this for emperors, but it was nothing. Like, Desert Harry was much worse. I heard. I heard the Desert Harry is no no picnic. Well, it was a much, much worse. Um, I only got... Oh, you know what? what did I, no, I think it was a Desert Harry that got me, but it only, I didn't get stung. I only got scratched. And it... And it it must have had a little poison on on the tip there because it scratched my finger and then my finger like burned for like, I mean, it wasn't very long, like a couple of minutes and then it itched for like five minutes and then it went away. And that was just a scratch. <laughs> yeah, no, it got me right on the fingertip at the reptile show. Because it, it felt like close. it was burning. It felt like I got a scratch and then yeah. somebody rubbed salt. 
Yeah, it felt like fire going up my hand to me mm. and up my arm. Yeah, that's what it felt like to me. So yeah, you know, you want to be, you want to have some experience, uh, at least have some experience being able to keep something that you don't want to touch, like you and know, know how to know how to manipulate it with, with cups and and tongs and that kind of thing, tweezers or whatever you want to call them. That way, you know. And I keep reading the. I keep reading that it's this, it's about most people compare it to the equivalent of a bee sting, and I've only been stung by one bee, so I can't. I, I just don't know what kind of bees these people are getting stung by because. <laughs> right. <laughs> that, that it's the only thing that it's the only thing that a person can understand and hasn't had one though is a bee sting because what else have you got? I mean, people get bit by spiders, but they don't generally know it. You know, they think, oh, I think that's a spider bite bit me when it was sleeping or whatever when I was sleeping or whatever, but. You don't generally see the, a spider bite you. Uh, bees, you know, are coming. <laughs> yeah, I've only been stung once, and the bee sting was, like I said, it's nothing like, well, okay, so the bee sting was worse than the emperor scorpion sting. But as far as the tarantula bite and the desert airy sting, it wasn't even this, it wasn't even close. To, they were much worse than those. Oh, I, I would think it'd be way more painful. It was. Yeah. For me, I guess, you know, different people perceive different, you know, different ways. And you don't even have to say that. People just come to your table and they say, ah, oh, so this is just like a bee, right? Like getting stung by a bee. I'm like, yeah, you know, maybe like 10 bees or, you know, a bee like 10 times the normal size. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it's going to be like your average bee sting, buddy. <laughs> I, like I said, I've only been stung once by a bee, so I can't say for sure. But yeah, I've you... only been stung once by a bee as well. I just don't know. Maybe it's maybe it's different bees in different places that we're talking about. I got stung it was by one of them a, yeller bees. Yellow, no, I got stung back. by a yellow jacket. Yeah, yeah, I got stung by one of them yeller bees. He got me in the back. <laughs> yeah, I got stung in a really bad place, and it still <laughs> was not as bad as this desert hairy. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I don't know why people say that because that's the only thing people can relate it to. What else have you been bitten, stung by that you can relate it to? So I'm guessing that's what it is. But I always tell them it's, it's going to be way worse than that, though. <laughs> <laughs> kind of like that, but you know, way it's worse. Be so way worse than that. And burning. <laughs> and maybe also it might depend on you know maybe it's even even uh, differences as far as, far as uh, geographic variance and how much you know how how potent a venom is from a, from you know from from location to location and also you know even within the same species and also the size of a scorpion or or whatever's involved and how much venom they actually put into you you know so i guess that could that could play a factor in it too so oh and we forgot the we almost forgot the most important part about keeping us uh scorpions mm. the black light <laughs> with the black light because <laughs> that's just so a necessity <laughs> but that's one of the things that gets people to buy scorpions is the black light they glow mm. underneath the black light phosphoresce <laughs> yeah they glow they are very very glowy <laughs> fine try to teach you something <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, uh, we got anything else on this I don't think so. I think I would call it as far as scorpions would go as my back to the rating. Um, I would say, yeah. you know, as far as scorpions would go out, I, I would say, you know, like you said, the Jedi Knight level. I mean, you're not gonna yeah. die if it if it stings you, but and uh there's no, as sure. far as care. Be, 
ease of care. I think they're pretty easy. Um, yeah, some roaches or crickets every so often, and yeah. uh, keep them dry and give them a water dish. You know, that's that's it. They're grumpy. I Real mean, dry. but yeah, <laughs> they're cool. Don't keep them in a humidor or anything like that. Yeah, no, I, I like them. They're 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 big, but you know they're and not they're like, active. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. They're always out. They're always digging and stuff. They're always out digging and looking around, and uh, they burrow, yeah. but they come out a lot. They do like to come out. Yeah. No. Good. Great. Great. Yeah, pets. they're cool pets for sure. And probably easy. I'm gonna be honest. Even easier than tarantulas. I always tell people tarantula is the easiest pet. Um, <laughs> as far yeah, as yeah, scorpion might be even easier. Yeah. Yeah. As far as care, ease of. I mean, the the desert hairy you really. It, you almost it's it's almost like caring for a pet rock. <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I mean, really, yeah, because uh, yeah, they're they're active though. That that you know they're a little better than <clears throat> than some tarantulas that we say are pet rocks because they <laughs> they're not very active, but right. at least they're they're active. I, mean, I I did see mine out, especially if they're nice and warm. They'll be out. They're out out digging, man. Yeah. So yeah, that, no, that's that's about it, and. Yeah, oh, you know, we didn't we didn't talk about temperature though. This is this is actually a creature you can use like a, a small light with and keep them uh, nice and hot. You don't want to overdo it though. No, no, you don't want to. It's a small light, you know, and you don't want to keep it on all day for for a few hours, some basking hours, because they'll come out and bask in it. Um, but you don't need to have it on all the time. And they're nocturnal, so you don't need to go crazy with the UV lights and all that kind of stuff. But you can and you know, set up a nice. Uh, you know, regular like a 60, 60 to seventy-five watt light bulb, and, and then you can hook up, a, you know, a, a, a black light in there too. So you got day and night lights on there. And that, yeah, that I had, cool. I didn't have mine heated at all, and they, like I said, I think they did pretty, pretty well. But yeah, I mean, I, I don't, you, they definitely wouldn't, uh, you know, it would be fine. Yeah, yeah, you don't have to. They don't need no uh, like a tortoise basking light or nothing like no. that. No, just some uh, a light bulb that puts off a little bit of heat. And, you know, LEDs don't put off heat, so the old fashioned kind of light bulbs or or a low wattage uh, uh, heat bulb, mm -hmm. real low wattage, or either pretty far away from it. Yeah, so there's other species that you need like heaters and and lights for, <clears throat> or heating lights or heating pads for, because they like it hot all the time, but. I don't even know if that's necessary. I think that's overkill. The, the people that I knew that were keeping like, uh, uh, what do you call them, death stalkers and yellow fat tails and stuff, they were using mm -hmm. heating pads and keeping them. But, you know, the desert is cold as hell at night, so I, I don't think that that's really uh, – I think it's kind of overkill for them. Yeah, I mean, so if you look up official where people say how to, keep, how to take care of them, they say they like it slightly above room temperature, but – I guess that depends on what your room temperature is. I think I keep my house slightly above room temperature anyway. So yeah, I <laughs> got my info from uh, the tarantula collective.com and yeah. the, he was saying uh, he kept his around 75 to 80 degrees Fahrenheit. So yeah, they come my, from the desert, but my house is generally 75. <laughs> yeah, my too. My wife is from the Dominican, so she's always turning the heat on 75. And I'm like, why am I so hot? <laughs> yeah, my house is usually 75. <laughs> That's probably why they were fine. <laughs> yeah, and I'm, I'm always going behind her and turning the heat down, and she's turning it up. And I'm like, I'll keep it at 72, but 75 is killing me. <laughs> <laughs> 
I experimented I with less, but yeah, it doesn't work for me. I, yeah, I've been living in a cold climate my entire life, but I just, I was born out of place. <laughs> <laughs> I like it hot. <laughs> yeah. My wife calls me a snow gringo. <laughs> Because I like it cold, especially when I'm sleeping, I like it cold. At least you're not one of those people that is out out snow blowing with shorts on. No, no, I dress appropriately for the winter. I don't like the cold. I don't know why people's legs don't get cold, but so many people here in Michigan are out. If it, if it's 30 degrees, it's like summertime. They're out in their shorts. I'm like, oh, yeah, my cold. my neighbor. Yeah, I don't understand that. I don't know why people's legs don't get cold, but I don't. I mine would fall off. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, my legs got cold. I I never got it. I was never into that wearing shorts all year round thing. Yeah, they do it. Yeah, they sure do. But uh, nope, I'm good with that. So, you got anything else? No, that's about it. All right, cool. I think we can wrap this up then. Thank you all for listening, and I'm Brian. And I've been John. And this, this is the way. Is the Scorpion way. The Scorpion <laughs> way. <laughs> hey, guys. I just wanted to drop in at the end of the podcast and thank you all so much for listening all over the world and here in the U.S. Uh, thanks so much for listening. Please, please uh, tell your friends, your social media groups, uh, rate and review, feed the algor- algorithm. Please uh, also uh, give us your feedback. We'd love to hear feedback from you guys. You can reach us at the uh, the Tarantula Way at it's the Tarantula Way at gmail.com. And the Tarantula Way podcast is at uh, Instagram and Facebook. So you can reach us at those places. And uh, if you know we want to do some more of these uh, episodes, we'd like to get some more listeners. So please tell people about us and uh, we'll keep making more of these. Thanks again, guys.